We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to Striking Gold, your 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. This week's episode is sponsored by Credit Karma. My name is Rob Lauder. I cover the 49ers for Blue Wire. Joining me tonight is my co-host, former NFL defensive back, owner of Rise Athletics and Croc Talk TV, Eric Crocker. What's up, dude? Man. I'm chilling, ready to talk some 49 football with this little stuffy nose I have, man. Like, I think it's the allergies, and I'm just too, like, I don't want to say stubborn, because I'm stubborn by nature. I mean, I'm, I'm a tourist, but, like, I think I'm too lazy. Like, we, we just don't have allergy medicine, and I'm not somebody that just consistently, like, takes pills and stuff. So I have to go to the store to get the medicine, and I'm just like, dude, I'm not going out of my way to get it. So <laughs> I, just, I guess I just got to live with this stuffy nose. Yeah, I'm a I'm a Scorpio, so I'm not sure what that makes me. I don't really study the whole horoscope things, so I don't know. So I'd I have don't, to read it. Yeah, I don't either, but I know what they say about Tauruses, and I've known that for a lot of years. So now I just like I just like I feel like I have to live up to it. So it's like okay, they <laughs> right. say Tauruses are stubborn, so now I'm just gonna be like the stub most stubborn dude around. Like so <laughs> now I'm just like the most, yeah, the most so, Taurus so Taurus just, there is. Yeah, so now I just use that as an excuse. So my wife would be like, you need to do this. Nope, I'm not doing this. You know I'm a tourist. Like, that's what I'm not. <laughs> that's a good idea, man. That's a good idea. It's not my fault. I'm a tourist. <laughs> right. You can't blame me. You can't blame me for this shit. It's in the stars. <laughs> yeah, so I don't even know if I'm really stubborn, but I've taken on that persona now. So it's, it is what it is by now. I'm stubborn too, for sure. And what's funny is, you know, me and my significant other, we're both stubborn. So we're always just freaking. Oh, you guys are just. Yeah. yeah. But it's, it's in a good way. It's, it's constructive. It's constructive. But so anyways, we are going to, and this will probably be a good, like, I'd say probably what, like five or six or seven episodes probably before we get through it all. Yeah. We are yeah. going to, uh, Crocker and I are going to break down the entire 49ers roster by each position group. So we're going to go through the entire thing, break down each position. Now, there may be some days where we might do two positions just because, you know, we, we can't really talk on those positions how we normally would, or there's not a whole lot of, like, intrigue. Like, you know, offensive line was one of the first ones we mentioned to each other. 
Just there may be some times where they get combined, but for the most part, we'll be de- dedicating each episode to one position group, and we'll kind of talk through the entire roster. Croc came up with a good way to break it down. We'll talk about like how that roster was in 2020. You know, kind of, uh, you know, how it unfolded that may have led to some of the decisions this offseason, whether that be free agency or the draft. And, um, what else are we going to talk about? You got, you got something in your brain. Yeah. And, and where it's heading, like, you know, right. like, and, and then the outlook and kind of maybe what we can expect heading into tw- 2021, like maybe cuts or, you know, surprise yeah, yeah. or anything. We're kind of, you know, just kind of obviously it's, it's super early, but just things we might, See in the future, just how things play out. Yeah. So we'll do past, basically past, present, and future is what we're going to do for, for each position. Right. You know, and it'll, um, obviously, even though we've been talking about it for a <laughs> couple months now, uh, obviously the first yeah. position we're going to start with is quarterbacks. And it's one of those things that I told Croc right before we started, right before we started, uh, Recording, I was like, yeah, we could probably, you know, to us, it makes sense to maybe forego the quarterbacks. Although we haven't talked about, you know, the way we're kind of framing it, it makes sense to still talk about it. But obviously anybody who listens to Striking Gold knows that we've been talking quarterbacks for a very, very long time. But now it's, I mean, since the draft, it's no longer hypothetical. I guess, you know, talking about some of the future stuff will be. But we know who's on the roster. We have a very good idea of of who's in position to do what. So at least it's it's a little more solidified than it has been in the past rather than just talking about the latest rumors type of deal. But, okay, 2020, last season. I'm kind of with you, though, in what we were saying when we were, when we were starting this up. Like, I don't, like, I have trouble. I don't know why, but I have trouble thinking of, of 2020 as last season. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's still this season. Yeah. You know, like I haven't gotten used to the 2021 season. I still think like 2020 is this season and that's what we're about to do. I don't know why. I've never usually liked that, but it's just a weird year. Yeah. You know, it's very, a, it's a weird, very weird. So last year you had, you know, the significant players of last season were the three quarterbacks that 49ers have come to know and love, you know, with a little bit of sarcasm yeah. in there. We have to start with, in that offseason, Kyle Shanahan getting calls about his two backup quarterbacks and saying, you can't let, the, you can't trade them because they just, you know, anybody would kind of be lucky to have them or whatever he was saying about his backups. And it was like, I felt like you should trade them if you're getting anything for them because they're backup quarterbacks. Like, regardless, like, if your backup quarterback's going to play a whole bunch anyways, you're, you're probably going to lose. Unless you're paying him, like, $8 million a year, which they're definitely not paying somebody that much. So, it, it kind of is what it is. I feel like if you if there's any type of trade value, you should trade them. And that was a conversation that was being had last offseason about Nick Mullins and or C.J. Beathard. If, yeah, if they really were. If if they really were, you know, they could always have been wanting to trade them. So you you drum up the rumor that you've been getting trade requests to try and create a market. But that's obviously we'll never know whether or not. But, yeah, having looked back at how 2020 unfolded, if there truly were trade offers for C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins before the season, you wish obviously wish they would have done it. It, they probably weren't great offers, but now they're now they're gone. So and and they didn't get shit for them. So, but you know, going back, you had Jimmy Garoppolo, Nick Mullins, and C.J. Beathard. Those were the three quarterbacks that played last season for the 49ers in significant fashion. And I mean, I get obviously we have to start out with we have to start out with Jimmy Garoppolo because one of the things you and I mentioned before we started recording was. The way 2020 unfolded is 100% the reason the 49ers drafted a quarterback. Correct. Because, I mean, if you think about it, if, let's say, Nick Mullins or C.J. Beathard play really good in replace of of Jimmy Garoppolo, maybe the 49ers just aren't convinced they need to invest one. That's a little far-fetched. But or Jimmy Garoppolo plays good and stays on the field. The 49ers win more games. They probably make the playoffs and they're picking, you know, mid twenties. And 
they're not even in position to get a quarterback. I guess right. unless unless you know, and and they wouldn't have even felt the need to get a quarterback because they still had Jimmy Genius playing good football. So so I, well, I look at this a couple of ways, right? Because even if you kind of take it back to 2019, a, a lot of everything with Jimmy Garoppolo has been like it went the progression of it. So you know, obviously 2017 he came in, he played well. 2018, it was like, okay, are we going to see that jump to where his play is just that much better? Because if you remember 2017, he did a lot of things very well, but it wasn't like he was just lighting the world on fire, right? Like, I mean, it was like, you know, in five games, he had seven touchdowns, five interceptions. Like, you know, it a lot was of like people he, think that, though, for some reason. Yeah, I know. They're like, oh, well, we're not getting 2017 Jimmy again. I'm like, dude, you literally had 2017 Jimmy in 2019. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, it was, he's always been, and I think that's the hard part for a lot of people to understand. He has always been who he is. Like, everything that we've seen from Garoppolo has been consistent throughout this time. It, and, and a lot of his issues are the inconsistencies. The biggest difference in 2017 was they just won all the games. You know what I'm saying? They they won. And and they had shitty quarterbacks leading up to him. And they had crappy quarterbacks leading up to him. So w- w- from that season, I think the best things that he did was he was very efficient on third downs. And he was very efficient on third downs. I think that was like <laughs> the biggest difference. You know, it wasn't like he was just doing anything different in, in the sense of throwing the ball downfield or anything like that. So for me, it always was, okay, if if he's doing that now, What's he going to be in 2018 when he has a real offseason with the 49ers? Obviously, like, that ended short. And we saw what that looked like even in the three games where it was like, it it wasn't great, right? Like, it wasn't, and it's not to say that, you know, the Vikings game was all bad, even though he, you know, he threw like three interceptions, but it wasn't all bad. Um, I thought he did some good things in that game. Um, that, that play, that throw to Dante Pettis was probably the best throw I've ever seen from Garoppolo. Um, and then, you you look at you know the the Lions game kind of how that turned out then the ass kicking against the Chiefs and even then I thought like second half I was like ooh Jimmy's like he's he's heating up like he looks comfortable he look he do he's doing good for another coming back and he got hurt but I think that up and down play wasn't that much different than the year before he just wasn't as good on third down so now you're heading into 2019 and obviously he plays the whole year that year did not start off great for Garoppolo. It was really no. up and down and very reminiscent of the previous two years where it was just like it you can you look at him and just the eye test was like he's just it's kind of streak, streaky a little bit. And obviously he fin- he finished out that year very well. You know, the playoff things kind of got, you know, a little dicey or whatever. But heading into 2020 for him, it was all right, Jimmy, is he gonna take that next step? to really master the offense. And at that point, I'm like, okay, he kind of is what he is in the sense of doesn't have, like, you know, the, you know, big-time mobility or, you know, doesn't have the big arm to push the ball down the field. But can he at the very least become even more efficient and more mastering of the offense? Because 2019, there were a lot of games, especially the first half of the year, where it just – was kind of, and you know, he was coming off of an injury, but it's still, you know, it looked funny. Then he had the game against Atlanta late in the year where he threw like, he completed like three passes to receivers. Everything else was to George Kittle. Like there was a lot of weird stuff that people kind of overlooked. And I wanted to see, is he going to master the offense now? Like, are we going to see a little bit more of maybe what we saw from Matt Ryan? And, you know, you, you start off week one. Again, it's hard to, I, I always want to throw a context out there. I know that there was no preseason this year, but, you start off week one, and it's you know week one wasn't great, and obviously he was playing without Debo, he was playing without Ayuk, but you want to see him, you know, can you still look good, look sharp, do the things to help win, and maybe even overcome. But instead, you you got your tight end hurt, <laughs> throwing a screen <laughs> hell high. Um, you you can say, well, we didn't have Debo, you didn't have Ayuk, but you had a chance to win the game, and you like threw the ball four yards short to Kendrick Bourne. Like, there were just things where I'm like, ah, oh, it looks iffy. And then he did come out sharp against the Jets, but then he got hurt. So my, my thing was what we saw in those two games, up and down against Arizona, looks weird, comes out sharp against the Jets. 
that's kind of what he's been. And I've been looking for more consistency in the sense of his overall play. And I think maybe Kyle Shanahan was also looking for that. And it's just the eye test is like, I don't think that he's the guy. I don't, I I think I might have to do something drastic because I'm not 100% sold on Garoppolo being the guy, even though I know with him, I win more. But is he the guy that's going to really take this team over the top? I think obviously he's good and obviously you can win with him. And obviously, you, I mean, you can go to the Super Bowl with him, but I think you need everything perfect around this guy. And I think ultimately a lot of those things, along with the injuries, led to kind of moving on from him. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and 2019 made it hard to know what you were really getting from Jimmy Garoppolo. It, it obviously it was a year that was really going to define 2020, excuse me, 2020 was a year that was really going to define Jimmy Garoppolo one way or the other. We were like, okay, coming off, you know, coming off a Super Bowl loss, you know, another year in the system. Let's, let's see what he's got, you know, and, and it felt like Jimmy Garoppolo, like 2020 was going to be that ultimate. We're, after this season, we're really going to know what Jimmy Garoppolo is. And, we still, in a way, didn't get that. Although, like you make a good point, we kind of did. We got an inconsistent Jimmy Garoppolo, both in what he did on the field and the fact that he couldn't stay on the field. And, you know, you can blame Jimmy for that. You cannot blame Jimmy for that. In the end, it really is kind of in order to to keep from having to blame the player, you just make it black and white. Like, you have to be on the field. <laughs> That, you know, I'm sorry that this has happened to you. It's not fair. Like Jason Verrett, one of the most talented, like literally could have been one of the best corners to play. But that wasn't the hand he was dealt, and he got hurt a lot, and, and the Chargers had to move on. And and that's just the way it is. You know, is it fair? It, it probably not. It just doesn't really matter. And that's kind of what it comes down to Jimmy Garoppolo. We've seen him play great. We've seen him play eh. We've seen him play bad. But in the end, he couldn't stay on the field enough for us to really know which one he was anyways. You know, like, and even, you know, some of his games this year were injury ridden. Is he playing bad because of the injury? I don't know. And if he is, then why the hell is he on the field anyway? And, you know, it was obviously, it was just, it was just a mess. And it, in the end, it didn't really matter. Because and then the games when he did play at a quote unquote high level, you're looking at the game plan and you're like, well, goddamn, like not so much anybody can do this, but anybody with any kind of legit talent could execute this type of game plan. I mean, when you're watching him against the Rams, you're watching him against the Patriots, like it wasn't like crazy, but the 49ers like killed those teams. But it wasn't, you're looking at the game plan. It wasn't anything like, like, oh my gosh. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it was just right. very it like, was, yeah, really it was good very strategic. Yeah, very strategic. And, and even, against, the, even I, against New England, he didn't even throw a touchdown. Like they won, and it, and it like kind of like dominated. But he he threw he didn't throw a touchdown and threw two picks. Like even then, you're not getting like this stellar quarterback driven performance, right? You know, even when Shanahan knows what he needs to do to kind of dice up another team, you're still not getting anything from Jimmy Garoppolo that is all that impressive. You know, we, so, he's had his moments, but right. not often enough. Now, when you say he's had those moments, like, what games kind of stand out over the years where you're like, this this is his moment? Because I think the first game that a lot of people want to say is the New Orleans Saints game, which I think he played very well. But even then, in those games, there were a lot of plays that were like, like, not, you know, if you kind of really go back and look at that game, I think he did a good job of hitting slants. And and in position for guys to catch and run, that deep ball that Emmanuel Sanders was severely underthrown, and he like threw the DB down and like made a catch, and then ran him for a touchdown. Like there were a lot of things in that game where I was just like, "Is is it him?" Not, and not saying it wasn't a great performance because uh, considering the circumstances on the road, what that game meant, obviously it was big time. But it's like that's is that the best? Like did he ever have a performance like what we saw from Josh Allen? Against the 49ers, when you're just like, God damn this quarterback. Like, you know, he, I don't think he had those. I think he had good execution type games. Yeah. And I, I mean, don't want to go back to the, like, 
you can go back to like the the pair of Arizona games where we were kind of in agreement that like they won those games because of the way Jimmy G played. You know, like he was basically. I mean, you can't even. It's hard to even say that. You could say that they won the game due to what Jimmy Garoppolo was able to do through the air, and that kind of lends itself more to Kyle Shanahan's game plan. You know, now did those involve throws that were just like mind blowing, and you know, make scrambling, making no, a play, being a under pressure. Right. Like that 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 touchdown to Dante Pettis. I don't even think he had his feet set, and he kind of like threw it, kind of, and it was like a touchdown in the corner. Like that was great. Right. He did yep, throw a nice yep, one to uh, one. Debo, that Debo dropped. And then there was the, obviously the famous Emmanuel Sanders one. There were a couple of Emmanuel Sanders ones. One that was key one on third down, that was great. And then the other one when Emmanuel didn't even get out of his break and the ball was in the air and he caught that ball. But, um, yeah, that was, that was you, a freaking throw. The fact that we can kind of look to these performances and like be like that, like this is the best of Garoppolo and it still not be like, a signature like moment. It was just like Kyle's kind of really helping you. Like in the Saints game, a lot of people don't remember like the what was it Raheem or was it Emmanuel Sanders threw a touchdown pass to Raheem Mostert or whatever. Like yeah. you know those weird things that kind of happened in that game as well. But I, I felt like Jimmy ultimately, and there were a lot of people that are mad at Chris Sims for this, but Chris Sims was like he's like the the twentieth best or twenty first best starter in the league, and I think. That's more, you know, between 18 to 21 starter in the league. That's more of what Jimmy kind of was, where it's like replacement, like, level type guys, like where he's a guy who's like, I I can replace him if I get somebody, like, talented. Now, you just have to be in position to get that talented guy. Right. But I don't think that the 49ers would have missed a beat with Mac Jones. Like, as far as what you're getting from Jimmy and, like, I don't think you would have skipped a beat. I think the issue Even, was, why do you just want Mac Jones? Like, shouldn't you want more? I think that was the bigger issue, but I think the offense would have been just fine with Mac Jones. Yeah. It, it really comes down to Jimmy Garoppolo's skill set. Like, what he's good at doesn't necessarily lend itself to big, exciting plays. You know what I mean? Like, he's not very athletic. I mean, he's an okay athlete. He's not very, you know, he doesn't really make plays on the move. He doesn't really extend plays all that much. Did he make some? Yeah, like that Dante Pettis play you were talking about against the Vikings. Like, he Best made that play. play. He at. extended that, that play. Was, yeah. And he ran and he made that throw on the move. So he, I mean, but if you think about Jimmy Garoppolo's skill set and what he does great and what he does even elite, like John Beck was saying, it's all about, uh, like precision and timing. You know, like he, he's going to take his steps and he's going to get the ball out in like two seconds flat. And, 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 you know, and, you know, he's probably going to be pretty accurate with it. And that's that's his skill set. So if you think about that skill set going into a game, you're never going to see anything that's terribly flashy. If he's going to play to his skill set, you know, right. he's going to drop back. He's going to know, probably have two reads that he's going to want to go through, and then he's going to fire the ball in there. And, and you know, that's kind of also, you know, one of the things we've, we've seen Jimmy Garoppolo criticized for, not heavily, but almost like not letting plays develop. You know, not having, you know, not having the timing to let some of the bigger routes develop because he's just so quick to get rid of the ball. That's his skill set, you know, and he's not necessarily that comfortable in a pocket. I feel like even though we don't have to worry about this, I feel like the 49ers offense would have had more big plays with Mac Jones because Mac Jones is more comfortable in the pocket. He's almost the same athleticism wise, but he's more comfortable in the pocket. Seems like he has the ability to extend plays in that way. You know, he can, he's a bit more comfortable moving around and he is more athletic than Jimmy Garoppolo. As, as unathletic as Mac Jones looks, he is more unathletic and comfortable on the move than Jimmy Garoppolo is. So you would have had a little bit more than that, but I'm just, my point is Jimmy Garoppolo's skill set. It's just not that exciting and it's not going to lend to exciting plays. Right. Right. So you know. again, and I don't want to come off as I'm being hard on him. I'm just judging him in the sense of, like, is, is, is this what you want from your quarterback for the next, you know, what is he, 28, 29 years old? So we'll say. He's 29, next, yeah. Yeah, for the next seven years, right? Like, is what we've seen from Garoppolo what you would want from your quarterback? And I would say through those seven years, you would always be trying to see if I can get better because. Yeah. The, the epitome of a game manager, right? Yeah. Yeah. You and know. then, you know, and that was tough because. I hate it when people are calling him that early on, but I think as you gather more information on what he was, 
it was like, yeah, that is essentially what he is. He's he's a yeah. he's a good game like but then he's like he turns the ball over. So then it's like <laughs> game managers typically are a little safer with the ball. So there are people like, you know, kind of comparing him to like an Alex Smith. And it's like, well, I think he's 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 definitely more he's he's gonna push the ball down the field like in between ten to twenty yards more than what you typically expect from Alex Smith. Like you don't see all the check downs with Jimmy. And I think he definitely has more of a gunslinger mentality in the sense of like the throws oh, and the sure. areas where he tries to fit the balls into. And a lot of times he will. And he does it. It looks really good. But in the sense of overall, what he ultimately is, is yeah, he's just, he's kind of a system. Excuse me. I mean, I, I system quarterback. I know everybody's a system quarterback, but he's like maximum. System right. quarterback. Like he it, requires it, it the system. He requires the system, and I think it had to be very specific. Uh, I think Kyle Shanahan had to be very specific with how he called plays for Jimmy Garoppolo. And I think – I really think – and I was saying this last year. I think Jimmy Garoppolo kind of limits the offense. Like in the yeah. sense of, uh, so. you know, being able to throw the ball outside the numbers a whole lot, being able to push the ball downfield a whole lot. Like those type of things, I think a lot of things had to be kind of schemed up for him. And then from that standpoint – he definitely can execute that, but you weren't going to get too much more than that. And I think that's what you were always going to be missing as long as Jimmy was the quarterback. Well, I think that's a good point. What you mentioned is, you know, Alex Smith is a much more, <laughs> much more game managerial quarterback because he, I mean, he had that like season, I think, where he had like 26 touchdowns and like two interceptions where you just <laughs> yeah. did not expect Alex Smith to ever turn the ball over or throw it deep. You know, so it was like you just – you knew exactly what you were going to get. And in a way, it, w- it was fine because you just – you always felt like the football was in good hands, but the offense just wasn't very electric. Um, but it – Alex know, with, Smith's last year with Kansas City. Like, that was that different. Was like, that was Kansas City, Alex Smith. <laughs> and I think if, if you were to get that from Garoppolo, I think you'd even be okay with that. And the crazy thing is – like, even Kansas City was like, we're not okay with that. But I think even if you got that from Jimmy Garoppolo, like that level of execution and being able to throw the ball down the field and do those type of things, I think people would be, you know, a little happier, I guess, with or or a little bit more comfortable. Because there are a lot of people that really love Jimmy Garoppolo. But I'd say as a whole, well, I think we don't people not would be like on the same page. Right. Well, I know. But, but there are some people that just are really hard on them, I would say. Yeah. Um, well, everybody, think, well, everybody wants to be dramatic and everybody want, like, if somebody's super, super hard on Jimmy Garoppolo, they're tweeting because they know they have a bunch of followers that are also super, super hard on Jimmy Garoppolo and they just want to appease him. Like, okay. It, yeah. You know, no, I, I mean, I'm just saying that's what it seems no, like. Yeah. Like you, yeah. there's no, there's no reason to be super hard on him. He might not be, you can definitely upgrade on him, but you can be way worse, you know? So it's, it, it's just, it, it doesn't have to be one or the other. They, he, Jimmy Garoppolo has shown great, good, mediocre, bad. Well, you take your pick. <laughs> I think ultimately a lot of that led to what the 49ers did this offseason. And I was really surprised because I was one of those people that were like, the 49ers aren't desperate because they have Jimmy Garoppolo and they know that they can win with him. So I just don't see them trading away a bunch of picks for Deshaun Watson. I don't see them trading away a bunch of picks for a rookie. I was like the main person kind of beating that drum of like, they're not desperate. Like they're not desperate. They're not desperate. And I felt like everything that they were saying, you know, to the media was that of, you know, guys that just were not desperate. And then they would have made a desperate move and I was blown away. And, and it's like, well, okay. Jimmy was obviously like the cause of that. But I, I think when you make a move like that drastic, it's really like we don't want we don't even we don't want to have to play you. Like we don't want to have to have you on our team. Obviously like we know we can still win with you and that you know obviously they kept him on the roster, but that's like to me that's like a like the ultimate like you are really a dead man walking. Yeah. Well, and it was just a matter of I think our our best point when it came to the 49ers going and getting a quarterback, it came down to the opportunity. Like, when are we going to get this chance again? We have to do it now, and we have to spend a lot on it 
to get the guy we want. You know what I mean? It just came down to it, it was do or die for them. And, and it was that number 12 pick was the last time they were going to be anywhere within striking range, or at least, you know, that's what they believe. You know, that's, that's what they felt. So it, it was just a matter of, of could we ride with Jimmy? I guess, but we're at 12, man. Let's go get a real, let's go get a real stud, you know, and, and, let, and let, so. We'll so see. let's talk about the, the, the quarterbacks that are on the, on the roster right now. Okay. Yeah. I mean, we don't really need to recap Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard. We, we've seen <laughs> them. We know what it is. They're not on the roster anymore. Nick Mullins sucked. CJ Beathard sucked just as much. Had a better well, 2020, but, but. I, I don't, I don't want to get that hard on, I don't want to be that hard on them because ultimately, like, yeah, like, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, they did kind of suck, but. Nick Mullins was never supposed to play that much. That's the issue. <laughs> you know, is. And, and it's like, I feel like if Nick Mullins had to come in for a game, okay, we saw Chad Henney in the playoffs against, you know, Kansas City against the, the Browns. And I feel like in that same situation, if that were the 49ers, I feel like Nick Mullins could have did, done enough to win, to win the game like Chad Henney did. It's if Chad Henney had to play the next, Two games, right? Like the, the, the AFC championship game and then the Super Bowl. Like, no, you're going to get your ass kicked. And I think that was the way <laughs> went wrong with Nick Mullins where Nick Mullins had to play much more than what he should be playing. And I think that's when it's like, man, cause think about it. Came in against the Jets, played well, right? Came in against the Jets, played well, finished out that game. Next start against the Giants, played very well, right? And, and that should have been it. Like, all right, you finish the game, play well, okay, okay. But when you start to ask him to, you know, play more than that, that's when, like, yeah, he sucks. And then yeah, you see C.J. Beathard and the way that Kyle Shanahan had to call plays in that game against the Cardinals, like, that was just like, what, what are we watching? It's, it's it true, though. It's a good point. Like, they should have never had to play that much. You know, you should never have to worry about how much your backup sucks. You know, because he's your backup for a reason. He should only be in there for super short amount of times, you know, just to kind of hopefully sustain a game, you know, because your quarterback sprained his ankle. And obviously the 49ers backups had to play a little bit too much. And that's why we know for sure that they suck because they played a lot. <laughs> like, do we know if, do we know if Chad Henney just sucks? Like, we don't, we don't know, right? Do We're not we sure. If- uh, Chase Daniels, like, does he suck? Like, ah, uh, I think he does because he doesn't really play. And Do we know if Jordan Love sucks? Do we know, right? We Everybody assumes know. he sucks because he hasn't played, but we don't know. But right. we know what. <laughs> obviously, those are different scenarios. Uh, you know, Nick Mullins was an undrafted. CJ Beathard was a low-end third-round pick who was kind of like a, we'll, we'll see. I like some of the things he does. And ultimately, right, he right. not being great. Had some moments. Had some moments. I thought when he came in for Garoppolo against KC, he did well. I thought the next week, I want to say it was against the Chargers. thought he played very well. He went toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers on primetime television. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I thought that was a really good game for him, but... Then there were games like him against the Cardinals where he turns the ball over five times. And, you know, it's just, you know, and he threw the ball 51 times. Like, those are things that you just, you start to see like, hey, he's not really the guy. And, um, but, yeah, we don't have to touch too much on those guys. We know what they are. And good luck to CJ Beathard. He's over there 
in Jacksonville. Nick Mullins, I believe, is still a free agent, so we'll see what yeah. happens with him. Well, he's, yeah, because he's still coming off that surgery, so he's going to have to prove that he can still play and that he's worthy of a roster spot, and then he might make a team. So before we get to the 49ers 2021 roster in the quarterback room, uh, let's get a quick word in from Credit Karma. Striking Gold is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? Is what the 49ers going to do with the third overall pick stressing you out? Or maybe it's something a little more personal. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they can make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com slash gold. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. Special offer for Striking Gold listeners. Get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash gold. That's betterhelp.com slash G-O-L-D. All right, so 2021 quarterbacks, 2021 quarterbacks. Let's Before we even get into it, let's read off all the quarterbacks that are on the 49ers roster right now. I like so that you least, said all of them because there are hella quarterbacks on the roster right now. <laughs> right. Well, it, well, yeah, there are. But technically, one's missing. So we have Jimmy Garoppolo, Josh Johnson. Josh Johnson has played for so many NFL teams, it's crazy. Josh Rosen, former first-round pick of the Arizona Cardinals, and Nate Sudfield, formerly of the Philadelphia Eagles, who they signed this offseason. And then, who technically is not on the roster yet, <laughs> uh, they still have not figured – he's not still officially signed his contract, is number three overall pick, rookie quarterback Trey Lance, who's technically not on the roster yet, but he will be. <laughs> that ain't yeah. the thing. So the 49ers have five quarterbacks on their roster, which, according to many people, that's about three too many quarterbacks. <laughs> Most people are like, you need your starter and you need a backup. Get rid of everything else. The 49ers have always kept three. So it's an well, interesting – I don't know if they always – yeah, but like one on practice squad. So I know early on it was like – It was four then. It was, no, it was Hoyer, Beathard. And then Nick Mullins on practice squad. Right. And then, then, and then after that, they kind of ended up keeping three kind of on the roster or however they did that because. Yeah. Um, no, cause Nick Mullins started off on practice squad the following year as well. Right. And they, I don't, when, when, don't when he started off on practice squad, cause remember he didn't play, he didn't start a game until that Raiders game. And he, and, right. and that was after like, cause Garoppolo got hurt. And all that. So initially he did want to go with two. Now what happened after that was he didn't want to like let go of CJ Beathard. And that's right. why they ended up kind of carrying three. We'll see what they do this year. I could see a scenario where they go with two. Um, I could see a scenario where he's like, God damn, Jimmy Garoppolo never stays healthy. So I got to keep three. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. But yeah, sorry about that. But oh no, you're good. So for, over the past, few years since Nick Mullins had made since Nick Mullins made that start the 49ers have rolled with three quarterbacks because they just didn't want none of them would have cleared the practice squad 
and and they didn't you know they were just you know coveting them and hoping that some sucker would come along and and trade them too much for any one of them and you know all whatever whatever the reasons are um but now the 49ers as of right now the 49ers have five right. and it's going to stay like that kind of throughout the offseason because you need well typically you need four you need four in the offseason so that that's what I'm expecting I'm expecting four so who's going to real, real quick before we who's going to be the first one to go Somebody's going to go right now. Like, you're not – because you can't have five guys throwing the ball in practice. Like, you can't. Like, that's too – I'm many. assuming that would be Josh Johnson. All right. Josh Johnson. Yeah, And that would be with Trey Lance, Jimmy G, Josh Rosen, and Nate Sudfield. Josh Rosen and, – and this is kind of what we're going to get into. You know, the one of the things we wanted to talk about is where are the competitions? Where are the competitions? And I think you just kind of brought one up. Like – I think, I mean, Josh Johnson could be in the mix. I don't think so, uh, but to me, the, they they could there could be a competition for the the quarterback three spot because as of right now, let's just assume that the other competition is between Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo, and then Josh Rosen and Nate Sudfield may be having a competition for not only QB three, but maybe quarterback two. If the 49ers decide they no longer want to keep Jimmy Garoppolo or somebody comes along and offers them a, a trade for him. So whoever's competing for that quarterback three spot probably has in their head, they're like, look, this is more of me competing for the backup spot because there's a good chance that either Jimmy Garoppolo gets cut or traded. Right. You know, or there's a solid reality where that could happen. So the competition that I think, and it could be, Josh Johnson could be included in that. But the the you know between Nate Sudfield and Josh Rosen could be real. Now, also I'd have to go back and look at it. But you mentioned before we recorded that Nate Sudfield signed a deal that makes it seem like he's probably going to be on the roster this year, right? They gave him more guaranteed money. Like they gave he's the he's actually until Trey Lance gets signed. But as of right now, before Trey Lance signs his rookie deal, or whatever, Sudfield is the only quarterback right on the roster right now with any guaranteed money. Okay. So, and it was like a few hundred thousand dollars. And Sudfield has barely played in the NFL. Like, as far as the starting experience that the 49ers backup quarterbacks had over the past couple of years, Sudfield has, like, none of that. He played, like, one game in 2017, none in 18, and he threw 12 total passes in 2020. Didn't do anything in 2019. And that, that game was when he came in. Remember, they, they, uh, the Eagles benched Jalen Hurts late in that game against Washington. Yeah. The real controversial one, right? Yeah. And so he was the one that came in and played. It was basically them, them tanking. Yeah. <laughs> and then they didn't want to admit it. It was, it, it was definitely really weird. Yeah. It was. And a lot of people were, were very vocal about that. I do remember that. So. There's nothing to say that Nate Nate Sudfield is the overall favorite if if he just looked horrible and Josh Rosen looks solid or Josh Johnson looks solid just because of that guaranteed money doesn't mean they're going to hang on to him. You know, it, it, the 40 it wasn't the type of guaranteed money that's like, "No, no, we got to keep this guy." Right. Ideally was, you don't want to throw away a few hundred thousand dollars. Like no. ideally you don't want to if you don't have to, especially for a third quarterback spot. But Definitely there's a scenario. But, but the bigger issue is one of those quarterbacks, like I don't think when they start mini camps next week, like I mean like uh, OTAs, I feel like one of those quarterbacks are going to be gone before they even get to OTAs. Like I, I can't see a situation where you have five quarterbacks on your roster heading into OTAs. Four, I see that. I can see four. But I have a hard time seeing five. Like because – there's not enough reps. Like, there's not enough reps. First no, of all, you gotta get not. you gotta get Jimmy his reps. He's a starter. You gotta get your rookie his reps, and then it's like, all right, now I got three more guys to get reps. Like, so somebody like you're just taking up a roster spot. So somebody's gonna be going before OTA start. Yeah, I agree with that. I do agree with that. And, and and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, the 49ers currently don't have enough roster spots for for their draft class, including the undrafted free agents. If I'm not mistaken, I want to say they were over by two. So make sure that, you know, if that's the case, they've got a a quarterback could be one of the cuts they make for that. You know, like it, it could happen, like you said, sooner than a lot of people think. So we could be sitting here preaching all this the whole time. 
and you know it it it, it ain't even a big deal because one of them is going to be gone anyways. Now the bigger competition is obviously Trey Lance versus Jimmy Garoppolo. Right now, do you think Jimmy Garoppolo is one hundred percent? Trey Lance steps in. Do you think that's a legit competition that Trey Lance can win? So, so I've just listened to Kyle Shanahan on the Rich Eisen show, and he really kind of said what he said before. He, he he's saying there right as of right now there is no competition. Jimmy Garoppolo is a starting quarterback, but what and what he kind of went on to say is. And what he's kind of alluding to is there is no competition until there is a competition. Right. So he just wants his rookie quarterback to come in like, hey, don't even think about having to – don't put that stress on yourself about having to compete for a starting spot. Like I'm going to take – I do this with my son all the time. And there are situations where I'm like, okay, he might be weird about this or feel weird about it or whatever. And it's like, look, I'm, I'm going to take it out of your hand. Just put it on me. All right, put it on me and – We'll go about it that way. So, like, uh, I think what Kyle is doing is he's taking it out of Trey Lance's hands in the sense of, like, don't put this pressure on yourself right now to where you feel like you have to come in and just light the world on fire. Like, when you're ready to compete, all right, then there will be a competition. But right now, coming in, I expect you to, to, to come in, just learn. Learn and do things well. And if you happen to pick it up extremely fast, and if you just happen to where it's like, goddamn, then I'll know, the the other coaches will know, the players will know that this rookie is ready and now the competition is on. Now the competition is on. So 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 there's not a competition until there is a competition. And that's when things would get kind of sticky. And and it'll be something that above Above all else, Jimmy Garoppolo will know it too, you know, and, and, and that is, that to me is the ultimate kind of weird element to this equation is because Jimmy Garoppolo has never been a part of any competition. There was no way in hell he was ever starting over Tom Brady. He came into the 49ers, was obviously better than, than everybody that was on the roster with him. An injury brought him into the starting lineup. He played great. And then, you know, he was obviously the starting quarterback going from then out. Nobody has ever stepped in this building to compete with Jimmy Garoppolo. No, right. none of those, none of those Nick Mullins, CJ Bethards, or anybody else who was on the team has ever competed Jimmy Garoppolo. And I'm wondering, and I've mentioned a couple times, do we see a little bit different of a Jimmy Garoppolo just baked on the fact that this that, that Trey Lance just walked in the building. Are we going to see a more aggressive Jimmy Garoppolo, one that's more willing to push the ball downfield? You know, we've talked about it. This is an audition for Jimmy Garoppolo. It would benefit him in all ways to genuinely compete, play his best, have his best attitude, approach the situation from the right point of view. It would not. I'll say this: it would not surprise me if we saw a better. Or I'm not going to say better. At least a more aggressive Jimmy Garoppolo, whether it's a, a looser Jimmy Garoppolo. Does he loosen yeah. up? Does he just loosen up and let it fly? Because at this point now, it's like I have nothing to lose in the sense of like like this man's here. Seen, He's going. I, yeah, to be I've seen starting. people. I've seen people kind of respond to maybe some of my videos on YouTube and maybe some of my comments, and it's like Jimmy Garoppolo is not just going to let this job just go. And it's like, dude, Jimmy Garoppolo. It don't matter what he wants or what he feels he's going to do. That third overall pick, whenever he's ready, when that day comes and that, that third overall pick is ready, Jimmy Garoppolo's out of there. So as of right now, it's like, all right, Jimmy, you can kind of come in and be a little loose because Jimmy knows the situation. You take a dude number three overall, like, bro, everybody wants him to play. Again, they're not going to rush him. We heard Jed York's comments. Well, we can wait two years. Like, all right, Jed, like, they're not going to rush the rookie on the field. But whenever he's ready and they want him to be ready, if, 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 if you could say, Hey, your rookie Trey Lance, like day one, he's going to be ready to play. Kyle be like, all right, he's going to be my starter. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so like, again, like, but they being realistic, they do not ex- expect him to be ready day one and they don't want to put those type of expectations on himself, on him 
or you know any project anything like that on him. So so they're saying we're gonna take all that off and Jimmy just go do your thing. But Jimmy is kind of playing like it's like all right. I know what the situation is. Whenever that kid is ready to play, he's going to play. So I maybe can come into this situation and, and just play a little more free, right? Like, just like, all right, like, I know what it is. Like, let me loosen up. Let me not feel like I have to be perfect every time. Let me let me just, okay, let me start letting it fly. Like you said, start throwing it downfield a little bit more, right? Pushing it downfield. Maybe if you feel like you don't have anything to lose, you throw it downfield with more confidence. I feel like that's been his biggest issue, throwing the ball downfield. I think it's a lack of confidence in him feeling like he has to throw it to the perfect spot, and then he ends up not really throwing it great downfield. Like maybe he loosens up now, and, and that allows him to throw the ball downfield extremely well. I think that's what he kind of has. I don't want to say in his favor. He knows what it is. He knows what the situation is. So now, hey, let me come in here and just let me loosen up. Let me be free. And we, and, and, and to what you were saying, maybe we end up seeing a better version of Jimmy Garoppolo because of it. Right. Yeah. No. And I, I wouldn't. And I'm not saying that. You know, what am I, what am I look? I, I'm definitely not. That could be what Alex like Smith a, did, right? That was Alex Smith's best year when he had Mahomes behind him. Right. That's true. That That's was true. his best year. What what changed? What changed? What changed with Alex Smith from what we've seen throughout his entire career up to, to that point to all of a sudden, this is a like way better like <laughs> version of Alex Smith than we ever seen. I have to look up his numbers, but I know he was like. He threw for like over 4,000 yards. He threw a bunch of touchdowns, still didn't uh, turn the ball over a whole lot. Like, those were the things that, like, it's like, dang, dude, we, we've been waiting to see this your whole career. And in that season, he, let's see. He had 4,042 oh, 4, yards, 26 yep. touchdowns, five interceptions. And, 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 and he didn't play the last game. Remember, because Mahomes played the last game of the season. Yep, they, and they he averaged. They, Eight yards a catch, which was far and away his high, highest average of his career other than one year in 2012 when, you know, obviously the 49ers did, did big things. All right. So in, 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 in the previous year, 2016, he played the same amount of games, but, and really only threw 16, was it 16 less passes, but threw for 500 less yards, 11 less touchdowns, more interceptions. You see what I'm saying? What was yep. the difference? And the difference was I got this young dude behind me. I know he's going to play. I know they want him to play. Let me just go in and just – let me just be loose. And that right. was the best version of Alex Smith that we've ever seen. Right. And, and maybe and Jimmy Garoppolo. And that did nothing but benefit Alex Smith. It did nothing but benefit the 49ers. Alex Smith got traded for what? Didn't he get traded for the same thing the 49ers traded him for? I don't know if it was tutus, but he definitely got traded for a pick and a cornerback. Yeah, I can't. It yeah, wasn't it. Uh, what's his name? Fuller? I can't remember. Yes, that's Let's what see, I thought it was see. too. So you know, while you're looking it up, there is a good chance that we see a different Jimmy Garoppolo. There is a good chance that we see a better Jimmy Garoppolo. Is it the likely chance? I wouldn't necessarily say so. But there is a very real reality that Trey Lance coming into that building, putting Jimmy Garoppolo on new, on notice. Jimmy Garoppolo knows that everything he does, whether it's in practice, in training camp, uh, during the preseason, and during the season, if he gets to stay that long, will all reach the ears of other NFL teams. It'll all be an audition. They, it's all an audition. They will know what he does. And there is no downside to Jimmy Garoppolo, like you say, and just saying, all right, for lack of a better term, fuck it. Let's just do this damn thing because my days here are numbered anyways. And I need to, and it's not to say he's going to play reckless because he doesn't want to suck because he wants to get paid by another NFL team. He wants another NFL team to give him a great contract or trade for him, keeping his current contract and 20 something million dollars intact and then working off of that with an extension. So he, Jimmy Garoppolo has every benefit to beat Trey, uh, Trey Lance out to play in a way that makes Trey Lance not seem like an immediate upgrade because if Trey Lance steps in there, starts breaking Fred Warner tackles, running for 15 yards, starts breaking Fred Warner tackles, then chucking the ball 40 yards downfield, you know, there's going to be elements that Trey Lance is able going to be, going to be able to put on tape that Jimmy Garoppolo just isn't capable of doing. So Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to play in a way that still makes it clear that he's the better man behind center. So it, it, it just to me seems like 
if Jimmy Garoppolo is in it for, for the season, it could be pretty interesting what we see. And I think that will ultimately benefit the 49ers, right? If, if we see a, the best version of Jimmy Garoppolo and he holds off the young rookie, I think that's a great thing because, I mean, it's not great in the sense of like, obviously you want to get your rookie quarterback who hasn't played in a while. Like you want to get him his reps, but it's great in the sense of 49ers probably feel like they have a roster where they can compete for a Super Bowl. So if you get the best version that you've ever gotten from Jimmy Garoppolo, you are in position for that, right? And like then the first position- round pick you traded away is like high twenties. <laughs> yeah. So like you know, yeah, whatever. We got our stuff, you know. And, and that, and and not only mention that Trey Lance sees how it's done. You know, he gets to yeah. see what it's like from Jimmy Garoppolo's perspective to to earn that role, to how you should play in that role, how you carry yourself, how you study, how you prepare. You know, it it. It would benefit the 49ers in the greatest way for Jimmy Garoppolo to be good, you know, in, in so many different ways. And it, it, yes, it would mean likely another season before Trey Lance plays, but it's not like he's not touching a football this whole time. He's still getting reps in, in, in the offseason, reps in training camp, preseason reps, whatever practice reps he's given throughout the season. It's not like he just would, like he's just sitting there still never playing football. Of course, and nothing compares to the game, but it, it was still, to me, the benefits would outweigh the negatives if Trey Lance got to sit behind a highly successful Jimmy Garoppolo and a highly successful 49ers team for a season. It, and it wouldn't be a bad and, thing. And unlike Mahomes, I, I do feel like there will be more packages created. And I know, again, everybody hates that that word. But when I say packages created, Why? I mean, like, you know, what, whatever that looks like, you know, you do it with him, but I think there's different ways that you can get uh Trey Lance on the field and use him to give him those in-game reps if Garoppolo's killing it. Or give him those reps regardless, and if Garoppolo's not killing it and it looks like what it's kind of looked like, a lot of up-and-down play, then you just start to kind of ease him in there. And then now we're talking about a whole <laughs> different situation where your rookie quarterback is going to be on the field. Right. Yeah. And, and that is, that's a reality I haven't even mentioned yet. You know, the idea that Trey, that Jimmy Garoppolo is playing really well and Trey Lance is still getting in game experience. You know, who knows how much it would be, but you know, even Jimmy Garoppolo playing really well doesn't necessarily mean Trey Lance isn't going to see the field because right. they could both see the field, you know, and it, it's just, it's cool to think about the reality of all that going down is it would be an entertaining season to say the least. You know, you have this Jimmy Garoppolo balling out, Trey Lance coming in every now and then, fans getting pissed off because, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's playing great. He should still be out there. Trey Lance is awesome. He should be out there. You know, now we've got a new thing for everybody to fight about. Right. I, I if, if you told me that Garoppolo has that 2017 Alex Smith season, then it's like, I don't know how y'all could be mad at that. You know, it would be it would be weird. It would be weird to be mad at that. Yeah, especially when you consider um, like, okay, Jimmy Garoppolo's now worth a first round pick, like you know, and he's or or you know, a solid package of picks, whatever, or a solid player and picks. Like you know, it, it works out for everybody. Trey Lance gets experience, sees the good things. Forty ers get more for Jimmy Garoppolo. It's like. If Jimmy Garoppolo plays great, then we're, you know it's good. <laughs> I, I do think, unlike last year, the the good thing, even if you know we're, we're hypothetically speaking, Jimmy Garoppolo plays out of his world and and or to his standards, you know, if he plays like Alex Smith did in, in that year, and Trey Lance doesn't really get to see the field as much as you would like, uh, you know, from a fan's perspective, the the good thing is, unlike last year. The, he, you will see him in preseason. You'll see him in four preseason games or however many they end up playing. And I think that's one thing that's like a little encouraging because you just at, at the very least get to see it and see what he looks like. And, you know, people, yeah, obviously it won't be regular season games, but that's still in-game experience for him. You know, like somebody who has not played really in a year. So, like, you know, that preseason will be very meaningful for a Trey Lance and you oh, know, yeah. kind of what they ask it's him. It's going to be one of SWATCH TV. 
Yeah, everybody will definitely be watching. All these rookies, good uh, that went first round. But yeah, if somebody's gonna somebody's gonna tweet out, you know, are you excited to watch Trey Lance play in the preseason? And I'm gonna reply with that video where she's like, I would like to see it. <laughs> or you could and you could do the one where he's like, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Um, what do you think about like the other? Because we've touched on the other quarterbacks, but if they keep three, who do you think that third guy is? Okay, so yeah, let's both offer our predictions on the quarterback room of 2021. I'm gonna go Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, and I'll go Nate Sudfield. I mean. They gave him the guarantees, so if it comes down to all that, I'll go with that. And I'll go with the same uh, three. And I want to say maybe Scan Gorillo brought Subfield over. Oh, right, right. He, yep, 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 he did. Yeah, because yeah, he worked so, in Philadelphia. Yeah, so I think that possibly kind of gives him the upper hand in the sense of, look, you know you know the offense, you, you know, you know, or a version of it. You kind of know what to expect. He's a great pro. At the end of the day, you know what they want the backup quarterback to be? Like, just be a good person. (laughs) (laughs) Just be supportive. Be supportive. Be be a good person. And can can you eventually be somebody when we don't have Garoppolo that we could just have behind Trey Lance moving forward? And you could just be a long-time backup. Can you be that guy? And I think they probably look at Sudfield like he could be that person. Like, is Josh Rosen that person? I don't, I don't know. But Sudfield, he just his name just sounds like he's going to be a good backup <laughs> for a lot of years. So I, I'll kind of, I, I guess I would go. I'll go with him. Uh, sucks, man, because I, I want to see Johnson play. Man, I want to see Josh Johnson play, but I just, I think he's the first man out. I do. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. As, and then, you know, it, it makes you feel bad for the old Josh Johnson, but it is what it is. But, hey, that's our first uh, roster breakdown, bro, our first quarterback, nice. our first position. You know, number one of I don't know how many positions there are, whatever. Um, you know, and, and we'll throw full – we'll throw – I'm assuming our next one is going to be running backs, right, which is pretty really? interesting. That's that's very, no slouch. Very interesting. Right. That's no slouch. The, the there rookies, is even, the rookies you know, kind of – the rookies kind of made that a very interesting position because now I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, because it oh, went man. from, like, this is what it's going to be. It's going to be awesome, you know, these four. And then it's like, now you're like, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> there could be some crazy yeah. shit this offseason, yeah. you know. Yeah. So just a little bit of a preview, a little bit of fun, um, you know, because running backs is going to be awesome. One thing I was going to mention is we may uh, – I got to talk to Crocker more about it. Uh, we may do, like, a – a mailbag section of the podcast this week on Locker Room. You know, because I want to keep trying to do Locker Room, but we know that we may not get the audio from it. So we'll probably do, we're going to do our running back pod, and then maybe in the same night or something, we'll hop on Locker Room, do a little mailbag, where if that becomes its own episode, that's fine. But if we don't get the audio, then that's fine too, I guess. <laughs> you know, whatever, whatever. Well, we could we do just, it where we, where we open up Zencaster and then... That's true. There, and we they just wouldn't get to hear the questions. You know, we we oh, could yeah. make it to where everybody gets to just ask the questions in the chat, you know, but whatever, whatever. We'll figure it out. You all don't need to hear us yeah. figuring it out. But, hey, that's all we got, folks. First quarterback position breakdown. Remember, we're going we're gonna to hit all the positions. Uh, obviously, next week we'll do running backs. So stick around. Let us know what you're thinking. Hit us up on Twitter if you disagree. At uh, Rob underscore Louder or at Eric underscore Crocker. Um, hey, but I appreciate you guys. Appreciate everybody. Striking gold. Everything's going great. I think this is going to be our second. We're starting off our second full season, I think. We're well into the hun- into the hundreds of episodes. So, uh, you know, I appreciate everybody. I appreciate it. And, uh, you know, I don't ever really try to look into necessarily how good striking gold is doing, but I know whenever Blue Wire kind of has, like, Opportunities come up; they're always passed on to us because because so, I think Striking Gold is up there in the uh, in the Blue Wire Pod uh, feeding chain. So you know, food chain. So I appreciate you guys for making it what it is. Uh, it wouldn't be what I it think, is without you. I think this is our what? third year. We're going into our third year. Yeah, but didn't we start during the, this the third year though? Like I don't, or maybe no, no maybe we, okay. we started. Well, I just, the, we started training camp. I feel like like or around training camp of 2019. You're right. No, we did because I was when we started it. I was in 
I mean, like, I think our first episode was while I was at training camp. Yeah. Like, and I had every single possible note written down. Like, I'm, remember we talked about going back and listening to that shit, but I won't do it. I haven't, do, I haven't done it. We probably suck. We probably suck. <laughs> <laughs> so I won't do it. So yeah, third season, I just suck. I'm an idiot. Uh, uh, you know, I'm like the guy yep. that doesn't know his, what anniversary they're on with their, their wife, you know, so it is what I'm it not is. sure either. I think it's fine. Yeah. Six, I mean, right. That's what I mean. So it happens to the best of us. But all right, guys, I appreciate you. Thank you for listening to Striking Gold. Make sure you jump on iTunes, leave us a leave us a review and, and stuff like that, and do all those good rate, view, subscribe, like things that that y'all do out there. I appreciate it. Um, but hey, I'm Rob. That's Croc for another episode of Striking Gold. We're signing out. Peace.